your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to this Tuesday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So Penguins get their fifth win in six games, this time coming up against the Washington Capitals. That is their fourth win in five meetings against the Capitals this season. Um, Going even further against the Capitals and the Islanders this season, who the Penguins, of course, are battling for a playoff spot in that very competitive East division. The Penguins are 7-2 and against those two teams. Um, I know they've given away um, the, the two losses, of course, well, actually, excuse me, one of those losses they gave away point, the other one, um, the Islanders won in regulation, but still, um, that's a pretty great feat for the Penguins this season. They are now one point out of second place in the East Division. These two teams will meet again on Thursday, but um, overall for this performance, before we go into some player-by-player analysis, um, I thought this was a great performance by the Penguins. Um, they were dominating play all night long. If I'm not mistaken, the Penguins were, they doubled up uh, Washington in shots through two periods, 30-15. to 15. Um, If you go to natural stat trick, um, the Penguins control the high danger chances 11 to 8. Um, scoring chances for scoring chances against 33 to 24 in front of the Penguins. Um, for expected goals, they led 2.68 to 1.88 all situations. Um, even possession wise, the Penguins had 57.8 um, Corsi Fanwick percentage to the Capitals 42 percent, um, 66 48 overall for Pittsburgh. Um, this was just a dominant game, I thought, for the Penguins. I, I was going to be upset if the Cap- if the Capitals had like some stupid, fluky goal in the third period to win the game in regulation because I would have thought the Penguins deserved a lot better, but the Penguins were able to win this game, and deservedly so. If you go to 5-on-5 five five and not just um, all situations, um, Penguins overall 55% for Corsi. Um, high danger, they led 9-8. to eight. Scoring chances for 26-24 in favor of Pittsburgh. Um, for expected goals, 1.87 for Pittsburgh, 1.77 to Washington. So, like I said, Pittsburgh, I thought, played very well tonight. A much better performance against the Capitals this time um, than it was last time in Pittsburgh, where they were just basically bullied off the ice. I think the Capitals almost doubled them up in shots for that game as the, as they won 3-1. to one. The lone goal, of course, was scored by Zach Ashton Reese. But tonight, you know, the Penguins flipped that switch. And they were just a better team. And they opened up the scoring and the power play early in the first period. The power play looks great. You know, I, I like how the passing is. They're not forcing it into stupid areas. The zone entries are good. You know, there's none of that, like, stupid. They're not doing that drop pass as often as I've seen it in the past. And they're just moving the puck around and just, like I said, they're getting shots on net. You saw what Chris, Chris Letang was able to do with that power play goal. Move around a little bit. Do a little curl and drag. Fire it right to Malkin stick. And he gets a tip in to make it one nothing. That's Gino's fourth goal. Uh, this season. And again, that's another stellar performance from Chris Letang. And that's the second consecutive game. When he's working like that on the power play, you know good things are going to come. He was able to shoot the puck. I know he wasn't going directly for the net, but still, good things usually come when Chris Letang shoots the puck, even though it's right to have getting Malkin stick. But they were able to scoring one nothing. Capitals were able to come back and tie it in the second period. Um, you know, this is this is where I guess I'll get into Mike Matheson. We'll do some more player analysis here. Um you know what you're going to get with Matheson. You got to take the bad with the good. Of course, the good, his skating ability, his play in the offensive zone, able to sneak around in areas, kind of do some 200 IQ plays like you saw last week against the Islanders. That's all fine and dandy. It's when you get to the defensive side of the ice where Matheson really struggles, and you saw that tonight. Um, nice uh, pass by Chara Deponic, by the way. That was a 
gorgeous feed. Uh, but Matheson basically has Ponick, but then he allows Ponick to get around him, caught flat-footed. Uh, Matheson needs to play that play so much better. I mean, you can't be letting a career third or fourth liner in the league doing that to you. I know Tristan Jari probably could have had that back, but that was just a bad defensive play by Matheson. He just has to be better than that. I don't think any other defender that's playing tonight for Pittsburgh allows that to happen, but it did, and the Capitals were able to tie the game. And then for the Capitals, second goal, Connor Sherry, uh, Penguin Killer, basically scored his 600th goal against the Penguins. It, it's something like that. I honestly think he has like five or six goals against the Penguins. I know he had a couple in Buffalo. He already has two or three this season. So yeah, it's got to be around five to six. Um, that was a nice feed. I think it was from Kuznetsov that found Sherry. And, you know, I, I did see some tweets during the game from people, you know, you could have had Connor Sherry on your fourth line. I mean, yeah, I, I get it, but I didn't really think well, I don't think the Penguins management at the time foresaw, you know, Jankowski, Lafferty, and, you know, Sevier being this bad. And they don't even make a lot of money. Sevier is the, the highest paid player on that line and he makes $1.2 So, I mean, I know Sherry makes only seven thirty-five dollars k and he's done pretty good uh, this season, but it's mainly been against the Penguins and the Sabres. So I'm not really going to get too mad at Penguins management, well, former Penguins manager, because, of course, it was Jim Rutherford that let him go um, for that one. Though, you know, basically 10 seconds later, that this was a funny story, actually, you know, where I'm watching the game with my mom, and, you know, Chris Letang gets the puck, and she's like, no, excuse me, it was um, John Moreno, I mistaken Letang for him, and she's like, all right, score right here, and, of course, you know, right on cue in milliseconds, Jake Gensel gets that tip tip in for to make it two to two that is an awesome tip by Gensel you just you don't teach that at hockey school that it honestly reminded me of kind of like a Patrick Hornquist play in front of the net as he was so great at tipping shots in but you know this was from further out um, it looked like it was going wide but Gensel just completely changed the direction of it and Vanacek just had no shot and it's tied up just like that and then the third period you know it, it, I, the biggest thing I was noticing in that period honestly was how bad the ice was it, it, there was no good passes by either team everyone was slipping and falling um it was just a really kind of embarrassing ice and it's pretty cold still in this region they don't have the heat excuse you know like it, there is in nashville during the stanley cup final and all that in june so there's really no excuse for the ice to be that bad obviously um late in the third period we did see the jason zucker injury it did not look good my first immediate reaction when i saw it i think he did something to his foot it wouldn't surprise me if it was the ankle um, if I had to guess, though, um, it's probably a fractured ankle. He's probably going to be out for 8 to 12 weeks, um, something around those lines. But remember, Brian Duman was out with a fractured ankle la uh, last season, season before that, and he was out, I think, for three full months. So um, still not sure. I don't think there's been any update from Sullivan yet. Apparently, though, Chris Letang um, left the bench during the game with the injury, but he also played in overtime. So I don't think it was that bad for Letang, but I'm sure Sullivan's just going to do the day-to-day -day stuff. Um, no update on Zucker yet. It looks like I'm sure Sullivan, he's just going to be evaluated as he always likes to say. Um, but with, with Zucker being out and that looks like it's going to be the case for a long time now, um, it wouldn't surprise me if Jared McCann slots into that second line left wing spot with Gino and Russ, because I mean, I don't want to break up the Austin Reese Bluger Tanner line. We're going to get to Teddy Bluger, uh, in the second segment with how he's been doing. Um, but I just wouldn't break up that line. You have Jared McCann, who's getting close to coming back from injury. Um, I think he's been skating with the practice uh, the practice squad, the taxi squad. He hasn't appeared in a full practice with the team yet. I, I know he made the road trip with Pittsburgh, so we could see him in a practice tomorrow. And if he's getting close to returning, like I said, I think he makes the most sense to play up there with Geno until Zucker comes back. You know, Ron Hextall's probably not going to go out and make a trade for a winger. 
right now. Though, if Zucker is out for maybe three months or something like that, and he's out way past the deadline, I could see Hextall going out and getting another winger for this team because he's not an easy player to replace. I actually thought Zucker was playing well tonight. I think he had three to four high-danger chances from what I was watching. Vanacek made some really um, high 10-bell saves on him. And it was just an unfortunate play. For those that didn't see it, if you're listening to this and didn't see the injury, basically his skate you know, hit Nick Jensen's and then he went into the boards awkwardly right by the bench and you could just see him like screaming in pain. He he knew right away that something was screwed up with his foot or ankle and I'm sure we're going to have an update tomorrow after practice with Mike Sullivan or on Thursday before the game. But yeah, guys, I just I do not expect Jason Zucker to be playing for like the next month or two or maybe even three months just because that injury looked really bad. If he is, you know, it would be nothing short of a miracle. That I think will wrap up this first segment of the Locked On Penguins podcast. We still have a whole bunch to get to for this episode. Coming up after this um, commercial break, we are going to touch on Teddy Bluger at the overtime goal just because of how awesome it was. But before that, it is time to talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts of hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer best of all prices at the website are always low and the same professionals and do-it-yourselfers why should you spend up to twice as much for the same parts you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and you can write locked on in their how did you hear about us box and know we sent you amazing selection live below prices all the parts your car will ever need remember that's rockauto.com all right welcome back to this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i'm your host Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at L underscore Penguin. So, like I said, nothing much really happened in the third period. That was a pretty fast-paced third period. I think it ended in like 35 minutes or something like that. And then we get to the overtime. The Penguins were kind of being a bit boring with it for the first minute and a half. They were just being very cautious, very careful. I mean, it's not a bad thing, but they, I mean, they obviously weren't changing chances. But right as the Capitals got their first chance, Orlov shot it wide. You get that two-on-one. Teddy Bluger's coming down. He had that chance earlier in the game where he passed it to Zach Aston Reese. Spanish made the save. So I was like, hmm, is he going to shoot it here or is he going to try the pass again? You know, tried the pass, and this time it worked because that was one hell of a feed to Kasperi Kapan, who gets another goal for the Penguins. I believe that's his fourth or fifth this season. Actually, excuse me, I just looked it up. That is his third goal. So he now has um, eight points in 14 games in a Penguin uniform. And, you know, that's a big bounce back game for Kappen. He, he was benched in the third period for a lot of that game against the Islanders. And yes, I'm going to count him being on the bench for that game because he was being shifted on the fourth line with a bunch of guys who just don't do anything offensively. So yes, I am going to count that as being benched. But, you know, the big part of that play was Teddy Bluger because that feed was so incredible. The leap that he has made from last year to this year in terms of of offensive playmaking is something that I didn't see coming. And he's looking like a third line center that, you know, this team has lacked ever since Nick Benino left. You know, uh, a lot of people like to say, you know, myself included, uh, the Penguins still need to replace Nick Benino. Where's that third line center coming from? They remember they got Derek Broussard to try to do it. Riley Sheehan, um, freaking Greg McKegg was a candidate for a while. Maybe Mark Jankowski was going to be that guy early in the season after those first couple games. But no, guys, I mean, it's looking like Teddy freaking Bluger is that guy right now. And you can't even argue with it. I mean, he's playing the, some of the best hockey of his career right now. All of his underlying numbers are through the roof. If you look at Bluger from tonight, so he played 14-43 all situations. His possession was at 56%. That was one of the top marks on the team tonight. 
Um, his expected goals for was on the ice 0.61. His expected goals percentage, I know it's a little low at 46.5%, but scoring chances for 9-6 to six in favor of Teddy Bluger. The leader for the Penguins, though, tonight was Sidney Crosby. Um, 17 chances for and five chances again. So that line was just absolutely buzzing. I know in high danger, it didn't look as pretty for Bluger, uh, four against two, four. Um, but just overall, you know, possession wise, like I said, 56%, you know, and then if you just go to five V five, even, um, 56.5%, um, he, he was a rock tonight and he's been like this all season guys. He's one of their leaders in the expected goal share this season. I saw that tweet from Danny Shirey Irving of Penn's blog this morning. I mean, he he's up there. That is just how good Bluger has been this season. And like I said, it's just been a huge leap from last year to this year in terms of his offensive playmaking that, you know, I didn't see coming. I don't think some others saw coming because, because we're all just used to see, like seeing him as like, oh yeah, he's like that shut down fourth line center, good on the penalty kill, good defensively, doesn't bring him much offensively. But that has been completely different this season. He is transforming before our very eyes and he makes that line with Aston Reese and Bluger um, that much better when he is humming like this. I know I've said Aston Reese is the glue to that line, but I mean, we're going to maybe have to start talking about Bluger being just as good on that line with what he's been doing lately. He's been something else. And it's been great to see him really come into his own this season. Um, as for the goaltending, I thought Tristan Jari, another stellar performance, everyone. I mean, that's now, what, five straight starts of Jari being 900 or better. I mean, going into this game, um, he had been 930, 933 in his last four starts tonight, only gave up two goals. I, I, I'm not going to fault him too much for that first goal. I thought he was a little bit passive on the play. He was a little too deep in his net. Uh, but that goal was mainly on Matheson. The second goal, that was just a nice release from Sherry as a one-timer. Um, not a lot of goalies are going to stop that. But, you know, when the Capitals had some good chances, Jari was right there when he needed to be, and he made those timely saves, especially in the third period. There were a couple of chances that the Capitals had that could have had the Penguins lose in regulation when they didn't deserve to, and Jari was right there. So, again, another good performance from him. Expect him to start on Thursday and, and moving forward, especially if he's going to play like this. And, again, everyone, I mean, all they need is this kind of goaltending and average special teams, and this team is going to go a lot of places. You also saw Evgeny Malkin have a good game tonight. This is a step in the right direction for him. Like I said, his fourth goal of the season. I know he struggled a little bit in that game against the Islanders, but he had a lot more jump tonight, didn't make any stupid mistakes defensively um you can kind of see him coming into his own here you know we'll have to see if this can continue on thursday and into the weekend against the islanders but right now you know i really liked gino's performance tonight and i really hope that's a big stepping stone for him moving forward already touched on crystal tang i thought that was a good performance from him cody cc always reliable if you look at his numbers on natural statric tonight um 52 percent for possession um his for basically his expected goals for well 40%, which was pretty bad, but I mean, he's not going to be on the ice for a lot of offensive zone shifts, but he was on the ice for five scoring chances for and four scoring chances against. Um, for high danger, two chances for, three chances against. Um, but still, you know, possession-wise, he's above 50%. That's what you need from him, 18 minutes of ice time at 5v5. Overall, he played 20 minutes. Um, was basically 50% there as well. So, you know, I'm not going to be complaining about Cody Cece with these performances. He's giving the Penguins exactly what they need right now on the third period. Marcus Pedersen, always steady there. Already touched on Gensel. He, he's really coming into his own these last few games with his goal-scoring ability. Brian Rust, again, had a great game. I mean, it looks like he's going to score a hat-trick every game at this point. And, you know, for the most part, I thought everyone played a good game. But, you know, there's got to be a little bit of negativity on this episode. You just, you know, I have to call it how it is. The fourth line on this Penguins team is so bad, it is cringeworthy to watch them get on the ice. Um, 
they just they cannot keep doing this rotation of Colton Sevier, Drew O'Connor, Sam Lafferty, uh, Mark Jankowski for too much longer. I mean, just put Jordy Bellavy, um in there, whoever the hell he pronounces his last name. I mean, he can't be any worse at this point. I know O'Connor was a scratch tonight. Um, Lafferty had a couple okay chances. It looked like he was going to score a couple times, but Vanacek made a couple nice saves. But Mark Jankowski is just so utterly terrible. There was a play tonight that actually made me almost throw the remote at the television. Um, he had full possession of the puck. Um, with room to skate, too. I mean, he can just flip it into the one of the capital zone or something, make a, a line change, or just, you know, dump and chase it. No, he just iced it for no reason, you know, no speed, nothing like that. And it's just like, what the hell is his purpose out there? He's not doing anything offensively. He's not doing anything defensively. He's just playing for reasons that I don't understand. I know he only makes 700K. Um, it was a high low risk, high reward signing, but he just can't be playing moving forward. He, he's that bad. He's been god awful after those two games against the Flyers. And I mean, if you're going to keep scratching Drew O'Connor, I mean, I don't know why you're not going to be scratching Mark Jankowski. Just put Drew O'Connor over Jankowski. And I think that's honestly a little bit of an upgrade to the fourth line. Colton Sevier doesn't do anything. I wouldn't be surprised if Ron Hextall deals him at some point for a winger. Though I've been saying that for a while now. But yeah, I mean, it's just like every time I see the fourth line um, on the ice for the Penguins, they are just getting caved in their own zone. It's not a friendly sight to see. Um, but so that wraps up this segment of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Um, we'll do the listener takeaways in the next one. But before we do that, it is time to talk about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. You can head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device, sign up today for and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code locked on. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Saw this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So it's time for the always fun listener takeaways. I love doing these. Uh, let's just get into it right now. Irish AJ says, after Zucker went down, Ashton Reese and Lafferty move up on a line, and the Penguins are flying the rest of the game. They dominated the corners. Hopefully Zucker is back soon, but a trade may have to be pulled off if he's out long term. Yeah, I mean, I think Ron Hextall is going to make a trade regardless, because I think this team definitely needs a winger, especially on the fourth line um, when McCann comes back and when Zucker comes back. But for now, when McCann does come back, and I think that's going to be coming in the next game or so, um, he's going to be the guy that slides up to play with Malkin and Russ, but you know I still think Hextall is going to make a trade, and you know he deserves to with how this team is playing right now. Clark says with Zucker going down, opens up a nice place for Matheson to play his natural position. Yes, I have seen a lot more talk about Mike Matheson the forward lately. He plays like one just because his defense in his own zone is so terrible. So yes, you know the Mike Matheson forward talk is truly never going to die. Frytime says, fantastic work by Bluger on the game winner. A great shot by Kapanen. Another solid win. Hopefully Zucker's injury isn't as bad as it looked. Yeah, Frytime, I'm really hoping it's only just a few weeks to a month for Zucker, though that injury looked like that's going to be like an 8 to 12 week thing. It just You could see him screaming in pain there. But yeah, you said it too with, with the Bluger and Kapanen play. Um, great execution on the two-on-one. And I've, just, I've loved what I've been seeing from Teddy Bluger this year. But okay, moving on from that. Ryan King 702 says, Captain looked faster on the ice tonight than other games. Bluger is taking that next step. Again, 100% agree with you. I mean, it looks like whatever Sullivan said to Captain after that game, it worked wonders tonight, that's for sure. And yeah, 100% agree with you on Bluger as well. 
I really like that he's taking that next step. Um, lastly, we get to Alan T. Yoder. Nice way to put a cap on that game. Yes, perfect pun there, man. All bad puns aside, hopefully Zucker is okay. Another game that may not have had the best execution, but still happy with the win. I'm starting to think the Penguins had their usual slow start to the season that they always seem to have. Yeah, and that's what it's looking like right now. You know, five out of their last six games have been wins. You know, they're getting the hard part of their schedule out of the way. They still have two more games against Islanders later this week. They have Philadelphia after that. Of course, they have Washington on Thursday. But this team still has 16 combined games against the Sabres and the Devils, the two worst teams in the division. So the Penguins have that to look forward to. I know that we could see them trap in those games, but I still think the Penguins should be able to win most of those games against those two teams. And a reminder, guys, they still have four more games against the New York Rangers as well. So like I said, it's good that the Penguins are getting their tougher matchups out of the way at the beginning of the season so that, you know, basically half of their games um, from March 1st onward are against the three bottom feeders. In the East Division. Um, just a couple more before we do call this an episode. Gilbert the Goat says Malkin was buzzing that whole game. Jari still looks great as well. Really hope Zucker and Latang are okay. Great shot by Captain in overtime. The Caps will always be Pittsburgh's little brother. Yeah, that's four out of five now against them. Very unfortunate we gave them a point, but still a great win and was well deserved. Yeah, 100% agree with you on all those points. I, I thought this was one of Malkin's top three games of the season. Another great start from Jari. Um, I think Latang is going to be okay. He finished the game. Though Zucker, like I said, man, he's going to be out a while. I think. And then, yeah, Kapanen gets his third goal of his Penguins career, and that was just a rocket. He was winding up that shot from the blue line. Um, that was awesome. And then finally, from Robert Wolfson, I was impressed with how much more confident they looked defensively in the third period. Not as many high data chances for the Capitals. Amazing how good goaltending settles the rest of the team. And then he finishes with what the F is Jankowski doing on the second power play unit. So, yeah, I don't know why Jankowski is on the second power play unit, man, let alone playing. He is just that bad defensively, that bad offensively, contributes nothing to the team. And yeah, I mean, the Capitals really didn't generate anything in the third period. I honestly don't think the Capitals generated much overall even strength outside of their two goals. I mean, Jari, he had to make some good saves, but it wasn't like he was under siege that entire game. Um, a lot of these games, the Capitals have just looked slow against Pittsburgh. I'm just not, I don't know. I just don't think the Capitals are that good this year. They just, they always seem like they're slow playing against Pittsburgh. And yeah, you know, good goaltending, settles the rest of the team. Who knew, you know, if this team needs average goaltending and they're going to go a lot of places, but that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I really appreciate you guys listening to this one and we'll be back tomorrow on Wednesday with another episode. So I'll see you all then.